0: with breaking news. The most breaking of news. Well, breaking the news. One D&D playtest material. The cleric class and the life domain cleric subclass, specifically the Ardling, the Dragonborn have been changed. They've added the Goliath. Some spells have been changed. Some rules have been changed. Lot to dive into, but first on this, our Lord's 29th episode of the Dungeon Bros Podcast. I am Connor. And I'm Sam. And we are not brothers. Nor are we in the dungeons. But. In the dungeons? Yep. All of, them. We're, all all of in, them. we're not in all of them. That's <laughs> that's for damn sure. But. Shit's changed. Shit's changed very quickly. We've been planning on recording the podcast today for at least four or five days. Yes, we're ahead for once. We're, we're ahead. ahead. We had we had a ske- We like planned out the stories. We had the event made on TikTok and in our Discord server. Both of the links to that are in the link tree in the bio of all of our socials. We had a plan. We had stories. We we're going to talk about this fucked up th- trend where there's several uh, news outlets that are uh, equating Russian warmongering spies on social media, social media warmongers that are tied to Russian assets of some kind, uh, equating them, and uh, naming them simply as fans of Dungeons and Dragons for some godforsaken reason. Satanic Panic 2022. But we don't get to talk about that anymore. We'll probably save that for the next episode of the podcast. Yeah. But now we're going to talk about 1D&D, a new... Cleric unearthed Arcana, as well as some updates from our. Is it going to have an OGL story and some new D and D releases? But Sam, how you been? Uh,
1: uh, a little rough. A little rough. Did not uh, did not sleep well last night due to the fact that
0: it is now cold and flu season. Yes, yes, it is indeed indeed. Now, interesting. Ooh, this is gonna be this is gonna be hot take here. Hot take. It's called stealing There's already been Yes There's all Yes There has already been I believe I saw a report Earlier today On the Twitter That there's already been 3,000 cases Of flu That have caused Death this year A friendly reminder That in 2022 Inexplicably There were zero Or sorry In in 2020 There you go 2020 And in 2021 There were like A dozen Maybe Total between the two years And now there's 3,000 so, remember that when you look at COVID death numbers. Still, it's like a 0.1% change, but yeah. a notable one nonetheless. It's because the flu can strike before 10 p.m. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the flu, no, it's after 10 p.m. that the flu can strike because you had to close the bars at 10 p.m. It's true. So the flu is actually very, yes, yes. It's very the, timely. Yeah, <laughs> yes. it's Yeah, it's all... Yeah, COVID only showed up to work from 10 p.m.
1: On. Yeah, a real night graveyard shift. Yeah, um, we all we all know that third shift
0: life. Yeah, oh, it's rough. It's, it's rough. not a fun time. But some some little housekeeping things. Uh, normally we have the D in draft, but due to the quantity of shit we got to talk about today, we will be skipping the D in draft this week. Uh, last week's draft was video games. The, the lists for Sam's team was, uh, sorry, Sam's team was Minecraft, Skyrim, Apex Legends, Assassin's Creed 2, Assassin's Creed Jesus, and Bloodborne. My team was the Tetris, the Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, original, not new one, Pokemon Emerald, Final Fantasy 7, and Kingdom Hearts 2 Final Mix. And yet again, some bullshit, Sam won by a split of 60-40. It's close. The current running total is Sam is building upon his lead 3-1 one and 1.
1: <sighs> and now it's I'm a, not it, one to
0: brag. It's a tough time. So it's, a tough time it's a tough time out. It's a tough time here. It's a tough time. Uh we want to shout out the Discord server. We just did a giveaway. Um we don't I, I don't personally like announcing Discord giveaways on other social media because it's for the people in our community. Uh we had a couple of Brothers War pre-release uh codes for Magic the Gathering arenas that we could not use and so we gave those away to two users on the Discord, LeleBug01 and Scyther. And uh we gave away a kitbashed mini that we tried to give away for our good friend Papa Lycan mm-hmm. um to help support a friend of his who was going through a tough time. And uh the winner of that prize never got back to us. So now it is going to shadow me in the Discord server. Congratulations to you three always a wonderful time. Uh, we want to do more giveaways and more activities in the Discord. We would really appreciate ideas for mm-hmm. that. Uh, we want to do we want to we want to do some D and D one shot nights run by us. Some um, spell table playing Magic the Gathering. Yes, uh, maybe maybe like a comu- like a community like D and D. Uh, trivia game. We've seen that done before. It's very easy to do that. Bare knuckle boxing. Bare knuckle boxing. Chess boxing. Have you heard of chess boxing? No. It's where you, it's a great sport where uh, there's two guys and for the amount of time that a round of boxing would last, they play chess. Ah. And then after that round, they do a round of boxing. And then after that round, they do a round of chess. Interesting. And the, the match ends when you either knock out your opponent or checkmate them. <laughs> Interesting It is awesome
1: <laughs>
0: Unfortunately, I'm not it good at chess so And cool. I don't like getting hit so. It is the craziest thing imaginable But this is not a chess boxing podcast This is ostensibly a Dungeons & Dragons podcast Recently, there have, been, there, have been, there have been some fears of mine That we would slowly transition to a Magic the Gathering podcast But fear not we are, if you're not a good listener, Four. we are a Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Now, a brand new 1D&D Unearthed Arcana playtest material has surfaced for us on this December 1st. The uh, period you have to review and playtest before they will start accepting feedback uh, that begins on December 21st, right before Christmas. Uh, This is the Cleric and Revised Species. We get to the entirety of the Cleric class, as well as the Life Domain subclass for the Cleric. It does not include the Druid and the Paladin, which are part of the Priest's uh, class group, I believe as they call it. Yeah, class group. Um, We get the Dragonborn and the Ardling, which are revised from the original character's origins. Uh, Later on, after we go over this, we're going to talk about the results of the character's origins feedback, which they did a 40-minute interview talking about the results of that, and highly positive, but a couple of things that they are going to work on and change. Then they added the Goliath as a race option, so the Goliath will likely be added to the player's handbook as an option, and then there are some rule changes as well as spell changes as well, but we're just going to dive right in. Oh. And a little, bit of, a little bit of a hint, between the posting of this podcast and the next episode, episode 30 of the podcast, we're going to be doing an interview and discussion with uh, a good good personal friend of mine and content creator friend, uh, Norb. He is Felvaleb on YouTube, over 3,000 subscribers, currently now doing a new uh, live play game with Joe Cat. Oh, okay. Yeah, so good for him. We're going to have him on to talk about the clerics and about him as well. Uh, but that'll likely come out between episode twenty nine and episode thirty as a bonus episode, maybe after episode thirty if we take a while to get it edited. Anyway, let's dive right in. The cleric class. It is in the priest group. Its primary ability is still wisdom. The lore is effectively it's unchanged. The uh, cleric. Is the cleric, the cleric is the cleric. Uh, one thing about the cleric in the twenty fourteen players' handbook, there are a lot of dead levels uh, where you are just getting a spell progression. Now the only dead levels quote-unquote where you're not getting a feature are 13th, 15th, and 17th. Every other level you are getting an important feature for this class and that is awesome. Uh, hit points, proficiencies, armor training, all of that is the same. Starting equipment, uh, chain shirt, holy symbol, mace, shield, priest pack, seven gold pieces. It Effectively unchanged. The big change for the cleric. You no longer get your Cleric Divine Domain, aka the subclass at level one. You now get it at level three. They're standardizing that across all of the classes. Now, posted a video earlier, and in the comments, uh, some creator friends were giving their two cents. Uh, Dungeon Mistress Paula is a big fan of, uh, Dungeon Mistress Paula on the TikToks, is a big fan of uh, third-level subclasses instead of the first-level subclasses, making it a lot uh, easier for newer players to get into it. And that was part of the design philosophy about why they wanted to make that change. Uh, Professor D&D, who we've had and done an interview with as a previous bonus episode, really big fan of the first-level subclass, is a bit skeptical of that change. Uh, I, am, I am a little bit too. The Cleric is, like, the PHB Cleric from 2014 is, like, the best multi-class class <laughs> Just a one-level dip into the Cleric is extremely valuable. That and, like, the Hexblade Warlock, as we've discussed previously on the podcast. Very good first-level dips, but no more. The first-level features of the Cleric class now are spellcasting. It is still a prepared spellcaster. It gets access to the entire Divine list. Uh, can prepare three cantrips to start and two first-level spells. The other one, they have moved the channel divinity to the first level, and there are two channel divinity options available to every cleric. You get a number of channel divinities equal to your proficiency bonus, and you regain them on a long rest. The DC for these equals your spell save DC. The first one is the divine spark. As a magic action, you point your holy symbol at another creature. You can see within 30 feet of yourself. You roll a number of D8s equal to your proficiency bonus and add the rolls together. You either restore hit points to the creature equal to the total or force the creature to make a constitution saving throw, taking radiant damage equal to the roll on a failed save or half that much damage rounded down on a successful save. This is a brand new feature, and I love it. What do you think? Oh,
1: I haven't talked in quite a few minutes now. (laughs) Um, Yeah, as we were saying, we were talking about this earlier and having uh, the ability to not have necessarily a spell casting way to heal um, it's beneficial all across the board uh do, especially at lower levels when well do I want to take this healing spell or do I want to want to have one uh, when there are so many other especially cleric cleric has a very a very good spell list oh, um, even now with access to all divine spells mm-hmm. it's even wider now absolutely uh the damage aspect of this. It has its place i'm sure but i don't see if i were to play
0: this version of cleric i don't see myself using it all yeah. that often yeah but i agree the damage the damage is neat um at higher levels though a channel divinity being able to do 48 5d8 mm-hmm. just without a spell slot is pretty great sure uh, if you're
1: trying to save that spell slot for something or you're out mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. especially at higher levels of play you can run out of
0: spell slots but in that instance would you rather be running say a sacred flame being buffed by a feature we'll get to later. Mm -hmm. Uh, Much like potent spellcasting that the PHB cleric would get access to. But the other one that we are all familiar with is the turn undead. As a magic action, you present your holy symbol and speak a prayer. Censoring undead creatures. Each undead within 30 feet of you must make a wisdom saving throw. If the creature fails its saving throw, it is dazed. Dazed is a new condition added in this UA. For one minute or until it takes any damage or you are incapacitated or died. While dazed in this way, the only action the creature can take is the dash action, and if it moves, it must end that move farther from you than when it started. Let's go to the dazed condition now. While dazed, you experience the following effect. Limited activity. You can move or take one action on your turn, not both. You also cannot take a bonus action or a reaction. Sam, this is effectively the same as the Turn Undead feature previously, but they have created a condition for it as opposed to just spelling it all out. Yeah,
1: yeah pretty much. Uh, the old one, um, it says exactly all of that is in, that is in the day's condition. Uh, but as a, as a person who has played Magic the Gathering started recently and getting really into the mechanics of we're shortening a lot of complex language into one word, I find this beneficial. So I agree. we've affected, you know, now you can just say, all right, they have the day's condition. We go, we reference the day's condition. Mm-hmm. Um, the other note that, w- that I would like to make for the Channel Divinity Turn Undead is that uh, in the new version, if you do fall unconscious, your Channel Divinity ceases. Whereas in the old one, it is just one minute um, or until it takes damage. Yeah. So...
0: A slight debuff, but I feel like the effect that it causes is the same, if not a little bit better, mm-hmm. um, because specifically, it is the dazed condition, and then on top of that, it can either move or take an action, but if it takes an action, it can only dash. So, effectively, it's saying it's only going to move, and it's only going to be able to end farther away from you. Yep. So, I think that's a buff. I like both of these in concert. You now have a channel divinity that you can use in combat encounters where there is not an undead. And at level one, this is more of like a quintessential cleric option as well, bringing it to level one, creating creating a vanilla cleric for the first time, really. Yeah. Um, I think this is a market improvement across I was the board. Say,
1: and even as just a vanilla, a vanilla cleric, like you were saying, the... The low level the the short dips into other classes. cleric was a big one. Warlock was another one because they get their uh, subclasses right away. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still plenty of options for dipping into this at low levels. just this one level dip. these oh, two yeah. these two abilities are are very um, are potent and to, and useful in
0: a lot of situations. Mm-hmm. We already touched upon spell casting. At second level, you now get holy order. You've dedicated yourself to one of the following sacred roles. Either on your own or as part of a religious order, you choose one of the following options. The Protector. Trained for battle, you gain martial weapon proficiency and heavy armor training. The Scholar. Study and teaching about the lore of the gods in the multiverse, you gain proficiency in two of the following skills of your choice. Arcana, History, Nature, Persuasion, and Religion. Whenever you make an ability check using either of those skills, you gain a bonus to the check equal to your wisdom modifier. And then Thaumaturge. Delving deeper into your divine magical abilities, you can prepare one extra zero level spell, a.k.a. Cantrip, from the divine list. See your spellcasting feature for more information on prepared spells. In addition, you regain one expended use of your channel divinity whenever you finish a short rest. And the bean has joined us on the table. Welcome, Chester. You want to lay down. You want to snuggle. Good. So, the Holy Orders. Mm-hmm. Which ones stand out to you, Sam?
1: Uh, well, let's my thing won't scroll. There we go. Um so the protector is I think something that uh just a lot of people have asked for. Why can't my why can't this cleric that I have? Why does it have to be a forge cleric to wear heavy armor? Why does it have to be a war cleric? So just being able to add that if you want a more martial cleric without taking one of the necessarily more martial cleric um subclasses mm-hmm. is good. Uh this the scholar, you know, if you need a, if you need a skill um uh, what do they call
0: a? a uh, well, this they, is like a. They they alluded to the experts classes having yes. expertise. This is kind of an expertise light in a way.
1: They're they're kind of giving you the ability to reach in each of these reach into a different different other class group. Mm-hmm. Like you're saying, where they can be a little bit more that uh, warrior class or that expert class, or with the thaumaturge getting an extra uh, cantrip. And more uses of your divine uh, uh, channel divinity reaching into that more magic-y class. Yeah.
0: More are more of the, what's it, the mage class group? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of these. Yeah. I, I mean, at level two, getting four uses of that new divine spark channel divinity to heal. And now, because you have more uses of it, you can more freely use it as a damaging option as well, if you so mm-hmm. chose. At level two, that damage option is actually fairly reliable and a pretty good option compared yeah um i think all of these together they could have just thrown
1: like fighting styles in here you take it you can but i think i think that
0: these unique are unique and i would like to see more absolutely this is awesome this is totally setting up a xanathar style expansion down the road of adding new holy order options Mm -hmm. um it's great that you don't have to be shoehorned into a playstyle in a particular divine domain either now, because if you look at the life domain cleric in the PHB from 2014, it has heavy armor proficiency and divine strikes, so it's wanting you to be up more close in melee, but then also be a pa- like a backline healer kind of type. So it's got a little bit of conflicting ideology there, and if you want that, you can still do that in 1d&D's playtest. But you don't have to now. Now you can get options for better spellcasting. Or if you want to be more a utility character and have more skill proficiencies, you can choose that as well. It's just more variety and more options without being super overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Big, big fan. At third level, you choose your cleric subclass. Uh, we will get into the subclass features later of the Life Domain Cleric. But you get your subclass features specifically at level 3, level 6, level 6 level 10, and level 14.
1: Which this is obviously different from uh, the 2014, which it's uh, 1, 2, 5, 8, and 17.
0: A little bit more uniform across the classes. Yes. So sadly, some of your life domain cleric favorites are going to be delayed a couple of levels, but I still think that's totally fine. You're going to be staying right with the other other. Classes in general. Absolutely. Uh, Fourth level, you get a feat. As we have noted previously, there's no longer an ASI default. It is a feat default with the ability score improvement feature as an option that functions the same way. Yep. In the player's handbook. Fifth level, smite undead. You can cause your turn undead feature to smite the undying. Whenever you use turn undead, you can roll a number of d8s equal to your proficiency bonus and add the rolls together. Each undead that fails its saving throw against that use of turn undead takes radiant damage equal to the rolls total. A much simplified version of destroy undead, Mm -hmm. one that is more applicable across all undead types, and it functions effectively the same as the healing version, uh, the healing and damaging version that you get from the Divine Spark.
1: Yeah, in the 2014, it was based on your level versus the Undead's uh, CR challenge rating, and uh, that gets a little, it goes away, it it's gets, it's a it's little ethereal, there, exactly, especially since, I know if I'm preparing, as a DM, if I'm preparing an Undead, um, I don't necessarily write down the CR when I'm writing down the
0: important information. Oh, not at all. And not everyone just refers to a book page. They like to type out shorthand themselves. Mm -hmm. Or if they create their own uh, thing.
1: Their own undead. Well, is this a, is, you know, maybe they are at, at, you know, 11th level. And I created this kind of hard thing but it could be
0: a is it under a cr2 i don't know yeah cr it's also one of those. it's not a cut and dry system it's very fluid in and of its in and of itself of Mm -hmm. its own design so i like this it's a lot more streamlined a lot more standard uh big fan of that change sixth level we get the subclass feature seventh level blessed strikes divine foul divine (laughs) phallic yes divine phallics (laughs) jeez i cannot speak today Divine power infuses you in battle. When a creature takes damage from one of your zero-level spells or your attacks with weapons, you can also deal 1d8 radiant damage to that creature. Once you deal this damage, you can't use this feature again until the start of your next turn. Uh, this is combining potent spellcasting and divine strikes, mm-hmm. which
1: every every cleric class gets basically one or the other. There might be some exceptions. Don't don't at me. Pretty sure they all do. I think they all do, but. As soon as we say that somebody's yeah. going to somebody's going to kick down our front door all 30 of the viewers. Yes. Yes. <laughs> exactly. But uh
0: This I, is uh,
1: this is a straight buff. Mm-hmm. Um I know one of our, our I believe uh, the professor mm-hmm. was was speaking uh in our comments about
0: this and he said it's a little he's not so sure about that. Is that right? Yeah, he was worried about the overlap of Between Blessed Strikes, specifically, and I believe Smite Undead, uh, he was worried about overlap with the Paladin. Mm. Um, Thankfully, in my opinion, I would disagree with that, simply because the Blessed Strike is just exactly the same as the Divine Strike, Mm -hmm. but you also get that damage for spellcast It's actually probably going to average out more for spellcasting, because I believe potent spellcasting was add your wisdom modifier.
1: Uh, I can look right here. Um, potent spellcasting at 8th level When you use, when you add your wisdom modifier To the damage you deal with any cleric cantrip
0: So this has a chance of doing more damage And it's specifically radiant damage So it's less likely to be resisted mm-hmm. uh, And then smite undead is just a An augmentation for The turn undead channel divinity yes. So you're not going to be able to stack these Because the channel uh, divinity requires uh, The magic action To use So I wouldn't worry too much about that personally. Yeah. But we love the professor. He's done a lot. Of, he's done a lot of uh, custom classes and he's done a lot of level one subclass stuff. He's really into the design of this kind of stuff.
1: And I'm going to mention again that it's really hard to just look at this and say, yes, this is amazing. We have we have to be very gray about it because we're seeing it in isolation. We yes. don't know what the paladin subclass or the paladin class will look like yet. Maybe they've completely overhauled it for some reason. I don't know. I gosh i hope not (laughs) but so maybe maybe this won't even
0: interfere with theirs at all yeah
1: anyway moving on
0: yes eighth level you get a feat again ninth level holy order you get to select a second option from the holy order feature at level two so even more customizability
1: i i do agree a little bit with the again the professor was mentioning he would love to see some instead of just a new uh, second option you get to expand upon your first one yep I can see it going. I can see the the benefits in both. Yeah, I'm and total. I would be. I would be okay with it either way. But um, if if we see anything, I think like the design of a lot of things we saw in you know, some unearthed arcana's, uh, uh, arcana's like the heroes of Kryn with the mm. sorcerer and wizards, um, the subclasses are going to be more expounding as yeah. opposed
0: to the main class. I think. I would certainly hope because one of their they they did a long. Uh, interview about 20 minutes talking about the clerics specifically in this UA. And they talk about the idea of wanting the vanilla version of a class to shine in its own right and have its own identity. And then the subclasses being an augmentation to that. Mm. That's also how they are approaching feats now, which we'll get into later in the episode, uh, specifically when it came to the uproar about the change to sharpshooter and great weapon master feats. Yeah. Um, and how they want feats to be less of a must take for certain feats for certain classes and just an augmentation to the core class. Um, So I'm all in favor of that. Uh, 10th level, you get your subclass feat. At 11th level, you get divine intervention. Uh, Just as before, it is going to be rolling a percentile dice. If the roll is equal to or lower than your cleric level, the divine power intervenes. The DM chooses the nature of this intervention, but they add that the effect of any divine spell is appropriate. So any spell from the divine list is basically an automatic, yep, you can do it. Uh, If the intervention occurs, you cannot use the feature again for 2d6 days. Otherwise, you can use it again after you finish a long rest
1: so this is uh, bumped back one level uh instead so in in, four in 2014 it was a level 10 feature um and the only real difference is that it is a a static number of days it is seven days if the feature succeeds in
0: the 2014 version yep so effectively unchanged a little bit later totally fine yep 12th level feet 14th level subclass feature 16th level feet 18th level Greater divine intervention. Your divine intervention automatically succeeds, no role required, and you can use it again after two d4 days instead of two d6 days.
1: Which used to be the 20th level feature.
0: Mm-hmm. 19th level you get a feat, and as with every class now, your 20th level, you gain an epic boon, or you gain an epic boon of fate, or Another epic moon of your choice. Mm -hmm. Uh, They give a list of prepared cleric spell suggestions. Some of the big ones you would know. Sacred Flame, Cure Wounds, Shield of Faith, Bless, Guiding Bolt, Hold Person, Spiritual Weapon, Guidance, Aid, all that. All that. The cleric subclasses, the Life Domain Cleric. It has two third level features. The first one are the domain spells. You get certain spells at certain levels as you level up. Uh, this is the same as previous cleric classes. At third level, you get Lesser Restoration and Prayer of Healing. At fifth level, you get Mass Healing Word and Revivify. At seventh level, you get Aura of Life and Death Ward. And at ninth level, you get Greater Restoration and Mass Cure Wounds.
1: Yeah, this is a little different. Obviously, since you no longer have your subclass at level one, you don't get first level domain spells. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty similar. Uh, they just switched around, or they, they replaced one of in, in the domain spell list on each.
0: Yeah. Uh, lesser restoration is the same. I believe it was revivify is the same death ward and, uh, your wounds are the same. Yes. Just a little bit of shifting of spells. Not a really, I would argue not really a buff or debuff, just kind of a lateral move to different.
1: I think more focused on the idea of healing and, uh, cause a couple of these have, um, a
0: couple of 2014 ones are damaging or mm-hmm.
1: protection where this is almost entirely healing,
0: which is... Totally fine. The whole point of the subclasses now is to direct the class in what direction it implies you to go, but you don't have to necessarily. The other third level feature, Disciple of Life. Your healing spells are empowered by life itself. When a spell you cast with a spell slot restores hit points to a creature, that creature regains additional hit points on the turn you cast the spell. The additional hit points equal two plus the spells level. The healing is effectively the same.
1: Yes, the healing is is an additional two HP whenever you cat when whenever somebody receives magical healing from you. The difference is that now it is specified on the turn you cast the spell, uh, and we uh, we've seen other the, some creators who like to go here's weird or big things or are things to piss off your DM. They actually
0: specifically mentioned this in the oh did they as really well. yeah
1: yeah and it's the uh, the goodberry spell mm-hmm. which normally grants you 1 HP when you eat it. And you cast it at the beginning of the day, you get 10, you can hand them out. Um, but people who have, have gone way up with this have found out ways to give you just massive amounts of HP to your the person eating the berry and mm-hmm. yourself. Yeah. So using this on the turn it's cast really
0: brings it down to in the heat of the moment as they talked about in their interview this was one of those we changed the wording to get rules as intended and rules as written more cohesive Mm -hmm. because the intention was when you cast a healing spell on a creature not create this healing item yeah you know uh at sixth level they get to preserve life you can use your channel divinity to heal a group of the critically injured that is a weird sentence As an action, you expend one use of your channel divinity, present your holy symbol, restoring a number of hit points equal to five times your cleric level. Choose any creatures within 30 feet of yourself. You can also choose yourself and divide those hit points among the chosen creatures. This feature can bring a creature's hit points to no more than half its hit point maximum effectively unchanged effectively unchanged they were much more dire
1: with it and uh, in, in 2014, it just says the badly injured um, and other than that the only change is, the main change is you can also target yourself now
0: a nice little buff
1: yeah always good always good when when a car- when a player asks can i target
0: myself with this yeah
1: cuz that happens all the
0: time <laughs> and it's in a lot of the times it's one of those like ah, i mean you are a willing creature you are but the one that I, that always got me was healing word because it's like I mean, yeah, you can hear yourself. Do better, asshole. But (laughs) yeah. 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 Uh, Tenth level, the Blessed Healer. The healing spells you cast on others heal you as well. When you cast a spell with a spell slot on another creature that restores hit points to it, you regain hit points equal to two plus the spell's level on the turn you cast the spell. Again, the wording to change it so that you can't do the Goodberry trick. Mm -hmm. um, And effectively unchanged
1: uh just as a note the uh the preserve life and blessed healer are pushed back four levels
0: yeah so a bit of a a bit of a setback there uh in that regard i wouldn't mind if they buffed them a little bit like maybe preserve life uh the feature cannot bring a creature's current hit points to n- no more than half like just be like whatever yeah it, it, you can heal any amount uh and then blessed healer making it like i don't know I don't know how you would buff that. Maybe just make it a flat, like five plus the spells level instead. At tenth level, two say at tenth level, you have access to let's see, what is it? Fifth level spells at that point. You cast a fifth level healing spell, seven hit points to you is kind of so-so at tenth level. Nice, a nice little bonus, but not as much as you would like. Right? Maybe two times the spell level two would times. be. An, I think that would be, be a yeah, nice. that'd be cool. A debuff at level one, but. Um, but the rest of them would be a buff from there.
1: Other than that, on on here it does it does not uh, note that it does you can't use these features on undead or construct as they do in 2014. Yep. I'm imagining that might be because we're seeing more construct and undead player races or player yeah.
0: character options. Yeah. Um, that that's just opening up the the door to fun different player characters and not mm-hmm. having weird mechanical setbacks. I'm sure. Right. Exactly. I agree. And then the last one, 14th level Supreme Healing. When you would normally roll one or more dice to restore hit points to a creature with a spell that you cast with a spell slot, do not roll those dice. Instead, use the highest number possible for each die. For example, instead of restoring 2d6 hit points to a creature, you restore 12.
1: And that is down from 17th level in the 2014 Player's Handbook. So
0: a bit of a delay for the first three features, but a nice early feature at 14th level instead of 17th. These are all basically exactly the same. Yeah. They knew that the life domain cleric was the quintessential cleric, was the default cleric, was very popular as it was, so they didn't really stir the pot much at all. They just changed some wording to get rules as intended, how they wanted it. Uh, The buffs, in my mind, to the base level cleric, and the slight debuff of the life domain specifically, I think, even out. Um, I like the cleric overall as is. Yeah. Yeah. And I like the life domain. I think you could tweak that sixth and seventh level or sixth and tenth level features to make them a bit more juicy since they are now delayed from where they once were.
1: All thick and juicy. You got that juicy double.
0: Indeed. Sir so makes a lot. Indeed. But I, I'm a big fan. What do you think?
1: Um, yeah, this, I think there's always going to be dissenters and, and the taking away that first level um, subclass. Is going to uh, anger, dissuade, upset some um, some character, some people who love to build characters and love to build very powerful early characters. But I think that overall, the with with the information of what Wizards is looking to do, make the vanilla cleric stand out. Mm-hmm. I think they have done a very a very good job. Yeah, the life cleric, like you said, good. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, it's, it's a life fun. cleric.
0: Yeah. All right, now. There are two races that have been presented previously in the first Unearthed Arcana of character options. The Ardling and the Dragonborn have had major changes. The Ardling, creature type, size, speed, lifespan, all about the same. But specifically, they have changed the lore and all of the features, pretty much. (laughs) It is now no longer a facsimile of the Aesimar, but they really doubled down on the beast folk nature of them. Gone are the celestial legacies that give you access to uh, divine spells. Uh, And instead, your animal ancestries give you specifically animalistic features. Uh, The main feature, animal ancestry... You descend from a celestial animal. You choose one of the ancestry types below, then choose one of the example animals listed for that ancestry or a similar type of animal. You gain the benefits of that ancestry and your head resembles the head of the chosen animal. The climbers, for example, bear, cat, lizard, and squirrel. You have hooked claws, sharp nails, or a serpentile tail. As a result, you have a climb speed equal to your speed, and once per turn, when you deal damage with an unarmed strike to a target, you can increase the damage to that target by an amount equal to your proficiency bonus. Hello, monks. Yes. Congratulations. The flyers, bats, eagles, owls, and ravens. You have vestigial wings. As a result, when you fall at least 10 feet, you can use your reaction to safely glide downward, taking no damage from the fall. In addition. When you take the jump action, you can flap your wings to gain advantage on that action's ability check. Which I find hilarious.
1: Well, I yeah, you're you're thinking of it like, ah, where it's <laughs> I'm flapping very fast like a Tweety bird would. Uh I'm sure what they actually mean is that jump and then just the one damn powerful whoom Yes. Um, yes. but also I do like the specification of the when you, you have to fall at least ten feet. I believe previously they uh may not have been Arling necessarily, but They had something where it was like, if you fall any amount, Mm -hmm. you can glide five feet, basically. Yeah. And so people are like, oh, you just jump one feet, glide five, one, five, one,
0: five. Yeah. That was not uh, the Ardling. They used to have Angelic Flight, which is you got spectral wings and fly up to a number of feet equal to your speed. If you were in the air at the end of the movement, you fall. And you could use that uh, proficiency bonus number of times.
1: Regardless, they had to make that specification of the the fall ten feet before you
0: can... The, uh, the third option are the racers, which are deer, dogs, horse, and the triceratops, which is an image. Velociraptor. What, yes. When you take the dash action, your speed increases for that action. The increase equals 10 times your proficiency bonus, so anywhere from 20 feet to 60. 60. That's a in, lot. Addition, in addition, you are dashing. So at level one... <laughs> At level one, when you take the dash action, you are not moving 60 feet. You're moving 100 feet. Mm -hmm. And then at most, 60, 30, 90, 180 feet with the dash action. Yeah. Cool. The swimmer is the last group. The crocodile, dolphin, frog, shark are examples. You can hold your breath for up to an hour at a time, and you have a swim speed equal to your regular speed in addition you have resistance to cold damage is the only of the four that has a damage type resistance in addition they all do still have divine magic in, but as opposed to having different spell uh, options that they get at various levels they all just know thaumaturgy or can change to a different cantrip on the divine list they use intelligence wisdom or charisma for the spellcasting ability and they also all have proficiency in the perception skill i am a big fan of these changes just from a lore and does and physical appearance and differentiating them from the ASMR. Um, I also think it's a very, it's much more simplified and much more string Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh. It's not just, here's a bunch of random spells. Yes. Um, I like that some of these options I think are notably better than the others. Um, the climber is going to be a great uh a great option for any monks out there or maybe like tavern brawler style barbarians that anything like, that's going to give you unarmed uh, strike to be your primary mm-hmm. idea uh the swimmer is if you want to get as many resistances as possible or if you're in a campaign that is going to have a lot of water yeah otherwise i i think that's the
1: reason it's the only one that has a resistance is mm-hmm. compared to the others it's, it's not as yeah. good
0: i think ironically as we did the math on it but the racer, I feel like, might be the least useful. Uh, kind of tabaxi light, uh, which is interesting that the cat is part of the climber and not the racer class. But, again, kind of steps on the feet of the tabaxi a little mm. bit. Uh, the flyers are nice as well, having uh, some flight that you get. Or I guess technically it's not even flight. It's just gliding. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so, on. actually, in my mind, I would put the climber on top. Followed by the swimmer for the damage resistance. And then the racer and the flyer tied for third. Third and fourth.
1: I, I would agree that the climber is probably going to be the top. I would say the, the racer or swimmer, just depending on what kind of character a person wants to make. If they want oh, to yeah. make the mobile, most mobile mobile character ever, which a lot of people
0: love mm-hmm. to do, love to be the flash. That's going to be one you're going to take. If you're the racer with the mobile feet... And, like, the rogue, where you can bonus action dash, that is going to be very speedy. Oh, yeah. Very, very speedy. Next, the Dragonborn. Uh, they talked about this in another video where they were talking about the Ardling, the Dragonborn, and the Goliath. Uh, the Dragonborn, they changed, they streamlined it, they changed up the breath weapon quite a bit, and they put it more in line with uh, some of the design of the Fisman's Treasury of Dragons and mm-hmm. Dragonborns. Creature type, size, speed, and lifespan are all the same. Draconic Ancestry is the same. You pick a dragon color, you get a damage type associated with it that affects your breath weapon and the damage resistance that you get. The breath weapon. When you take the attack action on your turn, you can replace one of your attacks with an exhalation of magical energy. In either a 15-foot cone or a 30-foot line that is 5 feet wide. Each creature in that area must make a dexterity saving throw against a DC equal to 8 plus your con plus your proficiency bonus. On a failed save, that creature takes 1d10 damage of the type determined by your draconic ancestry trait. On a successful save, the creature takes half as much damage. This damage increases by 1d10 when you reach the following levels. 2d10 at level 5, 3d10 at level 11, and 4d10 at level 17. You can use your breath weapon a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus and you regain all expended uses on a long rest. They also have The damage resistance, as previously spoken, the dark vision to 60 feet, which was the big addition that everyone wanted, and draconic flight. When you reach 5th level, you learn how to channel the magical energy of your draconic ancestry to give you temporary flight. As a bonus action, you sprout spectral wings on your back that last for 10 minutes or until you are incapacitated, or you can retract the wings as a bonus action. During that time, you have a fly speed equal to your regular speed. Your wings appear to be made of the same energy used by your breath weapon. Once you use this trait, you cannot use it again until you finish a long rest. This is yeah.
1: the Dragonborn mm-hmm. that I think we all want. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I know you created a uh, a boon for your Dragonborn in one of your campaigns that is literally pretty much this. Yeah, just giving him
0: flight, effectively, for 10 minutes. Uh, so this is... I would have given... I was going to give him that boon. We, that, that campaign fizzled out, sadly. That happens. But he was going to be getting that boon... Quite a many levels later, simply because where in the story they took to get to where they needed to be, he would have been, like, level 14 or 15 before he got it. But level 5, I think, is totally fine for this feature. That's the same times full spellcasters get access to the fly spell. That's true. Uh, breath weapon, getting the versatility of the cone and the line, mm-hmm. standardizing the DC ability to—or the, the saving throw type across all of them— and it simply replaces one of the attacks so it doesn't take its own action just to activate
1: it yeah it really helps with um if if you're going to be a a lot of you know a fighter character where you have multiple attacks and now you can replace one of these especially that cone for crowd control like mm-hmm. a lot of fighters and barbarians don't necessarily have a crowd control option that's a good one and the fuck the uh, the fucking um, and the damage
0: increase as you mm-hmm. level up that uh, is very nice is very nice I mean, at level 5, you get extra attack. So now you can attack and then have a 2d10 cone or a 2d10 30-foot line. I think it's... Oh, yeah. That's a great I buff. kill you, and then everybody in the next, next 30 feet gets hurt. Great. that's. I think that's... this is This is the Dragonborn that we want. I like it as is currently now. Very good job.
1: It does dissuade a little from... Casters taking this as often because it is a gem, but that I think I don't see any problem with that necessarily when there's so many character options
0: overall. But even then, it kind of doesn't because you still get the fifth level flying, and you still get damage resistance, and you still get dark vision. True. So but there are other there are other um, maybe more specialized ancestries. Classes. Yes. yes. More. Yeah. Yeah. But big fan. Keep as is. The third race option that is added now for the first time in the UA and presumably for the first time in the Player's Handbook is the Goliath. Originally presented in, I believe, Volo's Guide to Monsters as a I monstrous race option. Uh, creature type, size, speed, and lifespan are all almost the same. Speed is now 35 feet mm-hmm. instead of 30, so five more feet. Because they got long legs. They're yeah. big old giant boys. they tall boys. Uh, and gals. Oh, yes. Boys and girls. The big change, giant ancestry, you are descended from giants. You choose one of the following benefits, a supernatural boon from your ancestry. You can use the chosen benefit a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus and you regain all expended uses on a long rest. Therefore, each of the six core types of dragon or er, dragons, six of the each of the core types of giants clouds, jaunt for the cloud giant as a bonus action. You magically teleport up to 30 feet to an unoccupied space. You can see fires burn for the fire giant. When you hit a target with an attack roll and deal damage to it, you can also deal 1d10 fire damage. Frost's Chill, the Frost Giant. When you hit a target with an attack roll and deal damage to it, you can also deal 1d6 cold damage to that target and reduce its speed by 10 feet until the start of your next turn. Hills Tumble, the Hill Giant. When you hit a large or smaller creature with an attack roll and deal damage to it, you can knock that target prone. Stone's Endurance, the Stone Giant. When you take damage, you can use your reaction to roll a d12, add your constitution modifier to the roll, and reduce the damage by the total. And then finally, the storm's thunder for the storm giant. When you take damage from a creature within 60 feet of you, you can use reaction to deal 1d8 thunder damage to that creature. They also have large form. All of the goliaths have this large form. Starting at fifth level, you gain the ability to supernaturally grow. As a bonus action, you can change your size to large, provided you're in a big enough space. This transformation lasts for 10 minutes or until you end it as a bonus action. During that duration, you have advantage on strength checks and your speed increases by 10 feet to a total of 45. Once you use this trait, you can't use it again until you finish a long rest. And then finally, they all have powerful build. You have advantage on any saving throw you make to end the grappled condition on yourself. You also count as one size larger for determining your carrying capacity and the weight you can push, drag, or lift. Sam.
1: Yes, so... um Start with the giant ancestries. Like, this is cool. So previously the Goliath only had the uh, Stone's Endurance. That's unchanged. Yeah. Um, But you now get that as an option instead of a
0: default that they all have.
1: Yep. Uh, Going through the Cloud's Jaunt. That's one of the ones I, it's just a free Misty Step. It's a free, it's a
0: free Misty Step proficiency bonus number of times a day. Which is great. Two Uh, to six, which is a lot. And at first level, you have this first
1: level, you can't cast Misty Step. Yeah. Um, I think that is by far the best option. I I agree. Uh, The Fires Burn and Frost Chill, whatever. It's basically adding a cantrip to every
0: one of your attacks, being Fire Bolt or uh, Uh, Chill Not every attack. Only a proficiency bonus number of times. So you get a free Firebolt or um, gem- uh, Fr- Ray Frost. Fr- Ray, yes. Yes. Uh, the Hills Tumble,
1: man. That one is... That one's awesome. That's a chonky one for...
0: Especially if you have more than one, or even just you with two attacks. Uh, a Goliath Fighter that first attack hits... And you force them to, or you, it, you don't even, ma- they don't even make a save if they're large or smaller. You knock them prone. Yeah. And then your second attack has advantage, and then you can and surge for your third attack and a fourth attack, all at advantage. Yeah. Um, if you're a paladin, you're more likely to, if you want to fish those crits for a for divine a big smite, smite. I mean, that's a great. Oh yeah. Not as great for the barbarian where you can get on demand advantage, but True. still good.
1: Uh, and then the Storm Thunder, uh, I, I find it a little weird that like they just give the Cloud's Jaunt. Here you can just Misty Step around, whereas then they're like, all right, you get 1d8 instead of just giving them the Hellish Rebuke,
0: which I believe is 2d8. Yeah, I would just give it a Hellish Rebuke. It's already fairly limited. It does give you a way to weaponize your reaction,
1: mm-hmm. uh, which,
0: which is, is a, always good. Always a nice. Love that. But I think a 2d8 buff to that would be perfectly adequate. Uh, I think the Storm Giant of the six is probably the least because of that. Yeah. Um, Stones Endurance and the Storm Giant I would probably put at the same level at the bottom. Clouds Jaunt at the top. Hills uh, Tumble below that. And then the Fireburn and Frost Chill are interchangeable depending on your preference. Yeah, I think I agree with that. The Large Form is basically the Enlarged spell without the D4 extra damage to weapon attacks, mm-hmm. which I think they could just add that in and be totally fine yeah i'd i'd be totally cool with that absolutely
1: and then powerful build is powerful build we've seen powerful build for a while and it uh it affects
0: the the grappling
1: yeah so that's nice I gotta go some grapple with their new
0: grapple rules mm-hmm Uh, Feats and Epic Boons. We do not have all of the feats listed. They do list the Ability Score Improvement feat, showing it as a prerequisite of 4th level or higher, but other than that, it is unchanged. There are three new Epic Boons. The Epic Boon of Fate, 20th level. You have to be a Mage or a Priest class group. When another creature that you can see within 60 feet of you makes a d20 test, you can roll a d10 and apply the number rolled as a bonus or a penalty to the d20 roll. Once you use this benefit, you can't use it again until you roll initiative or finish a shorter long rest. The difference to this one from the old, from the 2014 Dungeon Master's Guide, ah, yes.
1: uh, is that it only recharged on a long rest. So now you just have more uses of it. More
0: uses of it, in, which seems appropriate for an epic, yeah, for a twentieth level boon. Yes. So you get it at least every combat. Yes, at least. Uh, the Epic Boon of Spell Recall, prerequisite 20, mage or priest group. You can cast any spell you have prepared without expending a spell slot provided the spell is fifth level or lower. Once you do so, you can't use this benefit again until you finish a long rest. There are a lot of very good spells, fifth level and lower.
1: The change from the 2014, again, is that it was just any spell. Well, there you go. Um, A little a little bit of a debuff, but again, not everybody's going to
0: get this thing. Epic Boons were previously an Option. Yeah, and I don't think most people even knew about them. Yeah, but now they are a choice feature at level twenty, so providing options. And then finally, epic boon of true sight, twentieth level only for the priest group. You have true sight uh, to a range of sixty feet. True sight is one of the things in the change log for the rules glossary. We'll get to momentarily, and that is unchanged
1: except
0: they capitalized true sight in this one.
1: Oh, yeah. that's nice. Yeah, now it's a that's it's a proper noun now.
0: I love the I still love the move of 20th level features being epic boons that you can choose. Yeah, I so I think that
1: because I'll, we've a lot of the top level build or uh, class features in 2014
0: were very dull. Oh my gosh, the worst. The the 20th level ranger feature of being able to deal additional damage to your known favored enemy equal to your wisdom modifier as your 20th level feature it hurts my fucking soul man. That should have just been a part of it at level 1. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. these are these are great more options. Great. Um now for the lo- the rules glossary. This is I want to note and they note in the videos as well. The rules glossary is cop is your it's all additive or Every time
1: they're going to take what what was ever in the last one, put it in, and make their changes.
0: Yes, and then add new things to it. So it will continue to grow. The most recent one is the most current rules glossary, and it is all-encompassing. We're only going to hit on the changelog ones because there's a lot of things in here. There are a lot of things. Uh, just to run through, it is the aid spell, the attack action, specifically equipping weapons, the banishment spell, the grappled condition, the guidance spell, the influence action, which we chagrined quite a bit previously the light weapon property the long rest the magic action the prayer of healing spell the priest pack the resistance spell the spiritual weapon spell and true strike first the aid spell second level divine abjuration spell casting time one action 30 feet instantaneous verbal somatic material spell bolsters creatures filling them with resolve you choose up to six creatures within range each target gains five Temporary hit points. When you cast the spell using a spell slot of third level or higher, the temporary hit points increase by five for each slot level above second.
1: Previously, it was only three creatures, but instead of temporary, it was you boosted their current and maximum HP by five.
0: Yes, um, there. This is a decided debuff, and not necessarily one that I'm in favor of.
1: Yeah, unless they're changing the way temporary hit points work, I would much rather have previously it was a very good spell for oh, I have three three friends down, get back up. That's 3 5 or 5 three instances of 5 hit points to get things up.
0: Yes. The 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 design philosophy around aid was always you cast it at the beginning of your day and then your hit point max and your current hit points increase by 5. Mm-hmm. And that's just like a setup, you know you're going into a boss room kind of thing. It still does that. It is now temporary hit points instead of hit point maximum. So it's not as helpful for future healing. Mm -hmm. And it is now not helpful at all if you need to... The only time you would cast aid in combat if you need to get multiple people up from unconscious. So this is a straight debuff. um, And that it really only eliminates the... It eliminates the... Oh, that you can... Because you can only get temporary hit points from one source at a time. Mm-hmm. So if someone has a, a feature that would give temporary hit points to allies, yes, you can give it to six, but it's, l- it's limited now. It doesn't stack with those features, which is what, what, like the main reason people took aid in the first place. Mm-hmm. And then the one useful bit that it had in combat, you now don't get a benefit from because nope. temporary hit points will not wake you up from unconscious. Correct. So I don't like this change. And I would recommend reverting it back to its original PHP form, personally.
1: Yeah. Design, it's like you said, their design
0: philosophy is one thing, but why people actually like it is another thing. Yeah. Uh, The next change was in the attack action. Specifically, they added equipping weapons. You can equip or unequip one weapon before or after each attack you make as part of this action, even if the attack is with an unarmed strike. More versatility, mm-hmm. simple to, if you want to swap weapons. Yeah. You're, you're, sh- you want to, you're a ranger, something ran up to you, you can draw your sword and strike it, and then you, c- and you happen to kill it in one hit, and then you can shoot something else later. Yeah. Not a big deal.
1: I'm, I'm going to say that I don't know many people who actually played with the equipping unequipping rules necessarily unless yep. it was like i'm gonna put away two great swords yeah and pull out a great axe
0: yeah yeah that's it other than that now it is now it is codified into the rules i think that's fine that's fine next is the banishment spell casting time one action range 30 feet verbal somatic material concentration up to a minute you attempt to send a creature to another plane of existence Still a charisma save, you transport them harmlessly to a demiplane for the duration the target can willingly fail the saving throw. While in the demiplane, the target is incapacitated. At the end of each of its turns, the target can repeat the saving throw, ending the spell on itself on a success. When the spell ends on the target, it reappears in the space it left or in the nearest unoccupied space. If it lasts for the full minute and the target is an apparition celestial elemental fey or fiend, the target does not return, it is instead transported to a random location on a plane associated with its creature type.
1: So the change here is, uh, I'm going to say the lesser one first, which is it specifies which creature type it has to be to be permanently banished. Mm-hmm. The greater one, uh, which kind of sucks, is that every turn they get to uh
0: reattempt the save. Yeah, that's... That's not particularly great uh, The Previously It was based on your concentration As long as you held concentration mm-hmm. and it lasted For the whole time then it would be banished um, I'm It is a charisma saving throw Charisma is generally A lower stat for a lot of mouse, Monster stat blocks mm-hmm. so I'm sure This change was to mitigate The uh, Keep casting banishment until the big thing's gone Yeah but I don't I don't at least at the Tables I've played at and the games that I've watched or heard about, I've never really seen that as a problem that needed fixing.
1: I've only I've only seen it right at threads. Yeah. Um. The and the it's usually a kind of post of oh why my DM hates me because yeah which are my which is one of my pet peeves of the D and D community anyway. So
0: I'm fine with that change, but it just seemed a bit unnecessary, personally. You know. Yeah. Next to the grappled condition. Your speed is zero and it cannot change attacks. You have disadvantage on attack rolls against any target other than the grappler. The grappler can drag or carry you when it moves, but the grappler suffers the slowed condition while moving, unless you are tiny or two or more sizes smaller than the grappler and escape while grappled. You can make a dexterity or strength saving throw against the target against the grapples escape DC at the end of each of your turns, ending the condition on yourself on a success. The condition also ends if the grappler is incapacitated or if something removes you from the grappler's range. The main change there, you get to attempt a dex or strength saving throw at the end of each of your turns. Mm-hmm. So you now no longer have to use your action to attempt to escape. Grapple.
1: Escape. Yeah, that can, that can really slow things down. And uh, maybe, uh, you know, if you have a, a character just built around mm-hmm. grappling, that can really take that uh, to a new level.
0: I also think they simplified the wording on a lot of this too, really streamlined it. Love that. Game. In, In favor of the, the trained. In favor of the change,
1: Wotsey. You haven't been doing a lot right recently, but streamlining and simplifying—we're here for. We're here for it. Uh, the
0: guidance spell. Oh boy. Zero level divination spell. Divine and primal lists. Reaction, which you take in response to you or an ally within ten feet of you, failing an ability check. Range is ten feet. Verbal, somatic, instantaneous. Channel magical insight to the creature who Failed the ability check the creature can roll A d4 and add the number rolled to the check Potentially turning it into a success There is no longer a limitation on the Number of times you can receive this benefit Because that was silly that was silly Very good change highly recommend Uh, Our biggest problem With the UA so far The influence action is still here It's changed but it's still here It's changed for the better But I still don't Think it should exist Uh, the action has three main parts for, for, oh, back up. This action can be used only on creatures controlled by the DM and it is not mind control. It can't force a creature to do something that is counter to the creature's alignment or that would otherwise be repugnant to the creature. This action has three main parts, attitude, interaction, and a charisma check. The attitudes are all the same, indifferent, friendly, or hostile as determined by the DM. Uh, a hostile creature might not even allow you to make a charisma check, and they make sure to note that the DM has determination on how much of a, like, whether a charisma check is called for in the first place, as well as what their attitude toward you is and how often it can change. You can change, you can attempt to change, oh, sorry, interaction. When you take the influence action... Either roleplay how your character interacts with the creature or describe your character's behavior, focusing on on your character's request or demand. If the interaction is especially suited to the creature's desires and outlooks, the DM might temporarily shift a hostile creature to indifferent or an indifferent creature to friendly. Similarly, if the interaction is particularly irksome to the creature, the DM might temporarily shift a friendly creature to indifferent or an indifferent creature to hostile. Finally, the ability check. To determine whether your request or demand is successful, you make a charisma check. You have advantage on the check if the creature is friendly. You have disadvantage if the creature is hostile. Choose a skill. The influence skills table suggests which skills are applicable when making the charisma check depending on the interaction on the interaction that precedes the role. Animal handling, gently coaxing a beast or a monstrosity. Deception, deceiving a creature that can understand you. Intimidation, intimidating a creature. Persuasion, persuading a creature that can understand you. Setting the DC, the minimum DC for for the check is 15 or the character's intelligence score, whichever is higher. Outcome, if your check succeeds, the creature does as asked. If your check fails, you must wait. To make the same request again, default wait time is 24 hours, which the DM may shorten or extend depending on the circumstances. A lot more power in the hands of the DM. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't just spam the action to try and convince them over and over again. 24-hour reset time. We don't need the influence action.
1: No, this, again, this is just a way to say you 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 are allowed to ask your DM, hey, may I make a whatever check? which is a lot of people don't like that idea as GMs. They're like, no, I call for the no. It's fine. Let your players ask to do a check. You can say no. That's totally fine. And now here's the thing is this stuff is PHP stuff. If we put this in the DMG and said, hey, you're a new DM. Here's, here's a way that you might you know, want to start running interactions with, mm-hmm. uh, 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 or for NPCs. But yeah, putting this into the player's handbook.
0: I think this is, I will say this is a market improvement from its original introduction where it really was a, uh, I want to take the influence action to make it do what I want. Yeah. And now it has put a lot more control into the DM's hands, which we like. We do. I don't necessarily think this is the way we need to be going about social interactions and charisma checks, but that's a personal preference and opinion more than a mechanical fault. It previously was a mechanical fault. Now I think it is much less of a fault. Yes. Uh, Next, the light weapon property. When you take the attack action on your turn and attack with a light weapon in one hand and you have a light weapon in the other hand, you can make one extra attack as part of the same action. The extra attack must be made with the light weapon in the other hand, and you don't add your ability modifier to the extra attack's damage. You make this extra attack only once on each of your turns. For example, if if you take the attack action on your turn, you have a short sword in one hand and a dagger in the other, each of which has the light property. You can make one attack with each weapon, but you don't add your strength or dexterity modifier to the damage roll of the second weapon. Streamline the wording. I still like that you that the dual fight the dual weapon fighting is a single action instead of an action and a bonus action. Yeah. All good here. Great. Long rest. They've kind of streamlined and codified all of the specifics of the long rest. During a long rest, you sleep for at least six hours and perform no more than two hours of light activity, such as reading, talking, eating, or standing watch. To start a long rest, you have to have at least one hit point. If you finish a long rest, you gain the following benefits. You regain all HP. You regain all hit dice. Your maximum HP is restored. Your ability scores are restored, had they been reduced. Your exhaustion is reduced by one. After you finish a long rest, you must wait at least 16 hours before starting another one.
1: The change was it was, in the last arcana, it was 24 hours, which means you would have to stay up for an entire day cycle before you yeah, could take would, another one.
0: Yeah, you'd be you'd be sleeping <laughs> eight hours uh, separate from the previous day. Like, it, it, was, it was just a weird thing. They yeah. were like, let's do the proper math. But this is fine. Uh, and then interrupting the rest. Long rest is stopped by the following interruptions. Combat, casting a spell other than a cantrip. One hour of walking or other physical exertion. If the rest was at least one hour long before the interruption, you gain the benefits of a short rest. You can resume a long rest immediately after an interruption. If you do so, the rest requires one additional hour to finish per interruption. Implying here that instead that if you were... You're woken up four hours into your rest, you all gain the benefits of a short rest immediately. You then have combat breakout. You then go and continue your rest. It does not then take eight more hours yeah. to rest. It takes nine total between the two. I think that is a streamlined way to word that. I like that you get a default of a short rest. Um, I like the ability score, max HP reset. I, I think this is totally good. All right. Next, the magic action. When you take the magic action, you cast a spell that has a casting time of an action or you use a feature or a magic item that requires a magic action to activate. If you cast a spell that has a casting time of one minute or longer, you must take the magic action on each turn of that casting, and you must maintain concentration while you do so. If your concentration is broken, the spell fails, but you do not expend a spell slot. A nice little, uh, a nice little-, a nice little gift there for your long casting time spells. Next, the Prayer of Healing.
1: This one's actually pretty cool.
0: Prayer of Healing, second level, abjuration spell, divine list, casting time, 10 minutes. So again, if you get interrupted, you do not lose the spell slot. Range of 30 feet, verbal, instantaneous. You utter an extended prayer of restoration. Choose a number of willing creatures equal to your spell casting ability modifier, minimum of one. Each of those creatures who remains within range of the spell's entire casting gains the benefit of a short rest and also regains 2d8 hit points, and a creature cannot be affected by the spell again until it finishes a long rest. At higher levels, the healing increases by 1d8 per level above second.
1: Yeah, so this one, they actually combined two spells, which was the old prayer of healing, where you just get the 2d8. But it additionally gives you the uh, the same effect as the third level spell catnap. Yes. Um, giving you the ability or giving you the full benefits of a short rest, meaning you can roll hit die, you get it back any features that were on a short rest.
0: Mm-hmm. And now that they've combined the two, you get the two d eight healing before you need to roll your hit dice to heal as well. Is that how I would interpret it?
1: I would also interpret it because it would really stink if like. Somebody wasn't paying attention, and yeah. then they
0: rolled all their hit die, and like, I'm full. You get 2 d8. Crap. <laughs> uh, sadly, now there's even less of a use for the hit dice. Well, bit of a shame. I love the hit dice. I love, I love that they're adding new ways to use a hit
1: die. You know, if you really want you need a to bunch see of new ways to add a to use your hit die in combat or outside, check out our drive-through RPG. Shame oh yeah. Link we, in the link tree in the bio. We have the Blood Magic and Hemocraft supplements. We use hit dice for. So
0: many things. Just so many things. Yes, it's a wonderful. Check it out. Don't want to
1: pay for it? There's a
0: free option there, too, that a a little taste. There's a A little preview pack. It's a good time. All right, moving on. Uh, The last four things. The priest pack equipment. Costs 33 gold. Contains the following items. Backpack, blanket, lamp, holy water, rations for seven days, robe, and a tinker box. Tinder box. Tinder box. Tinder box. Tinder box. Tinder box. You can swipe left or right on
1: whether or not you want to light a fire.
0: Very good. Next, probably... My favorite spell change that's happened so far, the resistance spell, a zero level abjuration spell available to the primal and divine spell lists. Casting time. Reaction, which you take in response to you or an ally within 10 feet of you failing a saving throw. Range 10 feet, verbal somatic, instantaneous. You channel magical protection to the creature who failed the saving throw. That creature can roll a d4 and add the number rolled to the save, potentially turning it to a success. This is guidance for saving throws and straight up a massive buff to Pre- the resistance
1: spell. Previously, it was an action to cast, it was touch, and it was concentration. Clerics have so much more to do with their spells, uh, with their concentration, than, pay, than try to make sure you get an extra d4 on your... Uh, saving
0: throw specifically. Yes. Reaction, D4 buff. This, I am all in favor of this. I am good with this as is. It takes it from the never pick to the, yeah, you should probably take it. Yeah. Big fan. Big fan. Spiritual weapon is also changed, sadly. yep Second level evocation spell available to the divine spell list. Casting time of a bonus action. Range of 60 feet. Verbal somatic. Concentration up to a minute. You create a floating spectral force that resembles a weapon of your choice and lasts for the duration. The force appears within range in a space of your choice, and you immediately make one melee spell attack against a creature within five feet of the force. On a hit, target takes force damage equal to 1d8 plus your spellcasting ability modifier. As a bonus action, on later turns, you can move the force up to 20 feet and repeat the attack against a target within five feet of it. When you cast the spell using a spell slot of third level or higher, the damage increases to 1d8 per spell slot above second.
1: The sad part is now it requires concentration. Previously, it was one of the favorite spells of anybody who ever played a cleric because you have something to do with your bonus action. Well, the actual clerics have a lot to do with their bonus action, but it was the not concentration being able to do things with your action and still deal damage.
0: Yes, weaponizing your bonus action without concentration is awesome. Uh, Jeremy Crawford talked in their video about it, wanting to move away from... Powerful well, they basically wanted anything that would add complexity to a turn to require concentration, regardless of its power level, and yes, spiritual weapon adds complexity it is a it is a spell attack roll, and you move something twenty feet. It's very simple it's the only you only get the op you'll, you move twenty feet you make an attack that's your option yeah. I don't think it slows down the game enough to warrant concentration. I think it is awesome without concentration. I think it is okay with concentration.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that their complexity. I'm putting that in air quotes because, I, like you just said, it's doesn't. That's not complex. What it is I'm sure is putting another piece on the board.
0: Yes. So, and then finally, the last change is true sight. A creature with true sight has advanced, enhanced vision within a specified range. Within that range, the creature's vision pierces through the following. Darkness. Creature can see in normal and magical darkness. Invisibility. They can see invisible creatures and objects. Visual illusions. Creature notices visual illusions and automatically succeeds on saving throws against them. Transformations. The creature can discern the true form of any creature or object it sees that has been transformed by magic. And then finally, the ethereal plane. The creature can see into the ethereal plane. Simply just changing up the wording on true sight. Mm -hmm. Totally fine. That is all of the juicy bits from the cleric's unearthed arcana. Sam, final thoughts?
1: Um, I think that the 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 whole thing. It's good. Uh, we see a lot less. I think controversial or possibly negative changes that they made. Obviously, we've noted a few, but a lot less than either the previous. That might just be cut, be because of the very small. Um, selection of mm-hmm. items that they're offering us.
0: Yeah. Uh, the Cleric, I love the changes. More options within the Cleric main class that allow subclasses to be free of the shackles of things like Divine Strike, Potent Spell Casting, Heavy Armor Proficiencies. Mm-hmm. Now you can choose any subclass you want and have any of those options available to you. Yeah. Um, subclass features are going to be delayed across all Cleric subclasses. And as such, I think the middle two, the 6th and 10th levels, need to be boosted a little bit, but I'm still fine if they're not. Yeah. The Cleric is going to be a great class. I think these improvements are a net positive. The Channel Divinity is a great buff. The Turn Undead is a great buff. The Holy Orders are a great buff. Mm -hmm. I think A-plus for the Cleric right now.
1: I think that the Cleric uh, subclass, whenever they... So they're going to give us four subclasses for each um, Rate right, or each um, class mm-hmm. uh, in the in the neck in the twenty twenty four PHB, um, and they're going to put those all out as we go along. More uh, North arcana arcanas, uh, and I think the cleric is one currently one of the ones I am most excited to see what else they do with it.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah. There is going to be some cool subclass options. There is going to be some cool hol- holy order in uh, core rulebook expansions. The next Sanathars for one d anD D, very very exciting. Ardling dragonborn great love them goliath pretty good got some interesting things going on there weird weird shit rules changes all in all i would say net positive uh some sadness but net positive for all the the change logs yeah great unearthed arcana please read through it play test it if you can december 21st is when they will open the feedback period and that'll probably go until the end of december they usually do about two weeks all right Next, we have results from the original Unearthed Arcana. This will go through much more quickly. They did a 40-minute video talking about the results of the character options Unearthed Arcana. Those were the races, feats, backgrounds, all of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, They wanted to note... They were about 40,000 respondents. That's a lot. Which is way higher than the number they would get for normal Unearthed Arcanas, as well as what they got when they were playtesting for 5th edition back in the day. They also go through scale uh, a scale based on oh, satisfaction. Oh, big bean stretch. Oh my goodness. Big old stretch. They go through uh, percentages based on satisfaction for various features and abilities. The general rules for that are 80 plus percent are good as is with minimal changes or no changes at all. The community really likes them as it is. 70% is the community likes it. There should be a little bit of a change maybe. Uh, So they like the idea of something, maybe not the specifics of it. Uh, They try to aim for everything being 70% approval, satisfaction, or higher. 60 to 70 requires some major changes and maybe scrap depending on how major the changes need to be. 50% uh, to 60 is likely to be scrapped, but there might be a nugget in there they can use for something else. Uh, 40% and less are by see, uh, wouldn't want to be, uh, disintegrate, dust, done. Sam, what do you think was the highest satisfaction? We talked about this, so you know the answer. I know already. the answer. This is the backgrounds.
1: <laughs> the back, the first-level background feat, uh, something the community has been asking for for a long time, and they finally gave it. Mm-hmm. And I,
0: I'm i personally a big fan. I think they said 87% of people were positive about this. Yes, 87% satisfaction, which is, like, whoa. Ridiculous. <laughs> like they, Jeremy Crawford said he knew it would be a positive, people would be satisfied with it, but he didn't realize how much people would like it. And he noted that... There are people that don't choose to use feats at their table, and this system still allows you to not use feats, but it gives you some more customizability in your backgrounds and gives you a way to dip your toes into the feats system Mm. if you are unsure of it, which I am a big fan of. There were only three mechanics that were in the 60s. Everything in the first character options UA was, I believe, 64% or higher in satisfaction rating, which is surprisingly good yeah. the ones in the 60s were uh the d20 test specifically not having critical hits for the dungeon master and then natural 20s and ones being auto successes and auto failures that is what we talked about yes uh the next two were the ardling and the dragonborn which they have already
1: addressed which he noted in that video yes. Oh, we got we'll have a waggles eyebrows a little bit for you in the new Yes Uh,
0: Based on what we've seen From the Cleric Unearthed Arcana I think Ardling Is going to be good now I think Dragonborn Is going to be good now The D20 test They had changed it In the Experts Unearthed Mm -hmm. Arcana Uh, The Natural 20 And Natural 1 Are no longer Automatic successes And failures Uh, You instead get Inspiration Yes For them
1: So the, the mechanics Itself Back to the 2014 version with the addition of the Inspiration, yes. um, which
0: this uh, is trying to offer more freely um, mm-hmm. to players. Uh, as Again, all of the other mechanics are in the 70s to 80s satisfaction range, which is very, very good. Uh, some more information that dropped in that interview. The Warrior Unearthed Arcana is going to have your info on weapons options uh much later after that much much later you're going to get the home base building options which they are calling the bastion rules system uh each class is confirmed to only have four subclass options in the player's handbook eldritch blast it exists but it is not on any of the major lists and to parry off of that some classes are going to have class specific spell lists they heard that uh Oh, the bard has access to the arcane spell list, but only spells from this, this, and this Mm -hmm. school of magic. So they want to create certain classes that are going to have specified spell lists that make that easier to digest. Presumably the warlock being one of them. Uh, They also touched on the... Uh, sharpshooter and great weapon master nerfs that have been going around. A lot of people did not like the removing of the option to take a minus five penalty to attack to get plus 10 to damage. They said they wanted to take those options out and are sticking by it. They, well, they didn't necessarily say that word for word, but it seems like they're Heart going to phrasing. stick by it. Um, and it goes against their current design philosophy for feats where they want A character character to be supported by their class features and then allow feats to be augmentations instead of where whereas the sharpshooter and the great weapon master feat for many uh for an archer or for a martial character seemed like kind of must take Mm -hmm. feats to hit the maximum power curve possible i get that i really really hope and they do uh, mentioned that more powerful martial options are going to be available in the weapons and warriors unearthed arcanas. And I really hope that in those unearthed arcanas, we see that power creep that we've been seeing with spellcasters in fifth edition. Yeah. Because in my mind, the power creep for martial classes is like a linear line straight up. It's just a predictable increase as you get higher and then you plateau. Whereas spellcasters, it feels like a logarithmic curve where they get better faster as they level up. Yeah, that's. Uh... And that inflection point, I feel like, is fifth level. Once you get above fifth level, spellcasters get a lot better, a lot quicker.
1: Yeah, it's a classic. A classic complaint is the I think it's exponential. Yeah, um, exponential wizard and uh, linear warrior. Um, I'm actually very excited for that warrior and weapons on uh, Earth Arcana because I have raged against the lack of Rage. of unique. Uh, uniqueness when it comes to the weapons oftentimes the way you choose a weapon that has the most damage and all and gives you the choice of either finesse or or um finesse or regular so your base most play characters should be playing with a long sword or a rapier basically yeah uh, so as as we see more i hope that that evolves and gives you a
0: reason to want to play with specific weapon sets yeah um Last two uh, quick news items that we want to get to. Uh, we were going to scrap all of the news, but these just kind of really fit in and we should probably talk about them. Uh, we brought up a rumor uh, last week that the, uh, the 1D&D edition of Dungeons & Dragons will not have an open gaming license or a system reference document, making it a lot harder for third-party publishers to create content for Dungeons and & Dragons and then sell it. It was uh, originally a rumor from Instructaboy on YouTube. Wizards of the Coast um, did give a statement, uh, this one for comicbook.com. They said, quote, We will continue to support the thousands of creators making third-party D&D content with the release of 1D&D in 2024. While it is certain our open gaming license will continue to evolve... Just as it has since its inception, we're too early in development of 1D&D to give more specifics on the OGL or system reference document at this time. Implying that it is still going to exist, Yes, but with changes, which and, is to be expected. And
1: understandably, they're not going to want to put that out basically until it drops. Because, yeah, um, I, I mean, not necessarily to, stop, to, to pre- prevent anybody from like, oh, look, here, D&D 1 dropped this day. Here's also my content. I'm thinking more of... Let's make sure it's all good before we throw yeah. it out the door.
0: You're not going to see an OGL or an SRD until all of this unearthed arcane oh, yeah. nonsense is done. Uh, so that's a little update on that. And then finally, final story, uh, an Amazon page for the next Dungeons & Dragons book is up, providing fans with a new information about the upcoming anthology. Keys from the Golden Vault revealed that the anthology book will release on February 21st of 2023. A new description of the book can also be found on the page stating, quote, Greetings, adventurers! You've snuck in and found a wondrous treasure. Keys from the Golden Vault is a Dungeons & Dragons adventure anthology, with a heist at the center of every tale. Nothing else is yet known about the contents of this tome, but an eye on your favorite D&D news sources for your first sneak peek inside. The Amazon page's publication likely means that a cover reveal and additional information will be coming Soon. It was revealed earlier this year by Wizards of the Curse Coast during their Wizards Present presentation that we did a live stream for mm-hmm. uh, that detailed all of the 2023 releases. We previously knew that Keys from the Golden Vault was the annual anthology book, continuing an annual release schedule of themed adventures that date back to the Candlekeep Mysteries in 2021. This year's anthology was Journey to the Radiant Citadel, previously an anthology books before 2021 reprinted past D&D adventures that were updated for 5th edition. Cool. Yeah. Anthology book. <laughs> we know the release date now as February 21st, 2023.
1: They're going to continue putting out yearly anthology books, and I see nothing wrong with that. It's a, it's going to be a great way for new and old players alike to, to look at different settings, look at different uh, mechanics and, and, and magic items and everything that comes along with um, unique creators writing mm-hmm.
0: adventures. Um, we mentioned this briefly uh, previously. That uh, we posted a video at about 1 p.m. EST. We recorded this. We started recording this podcast at 4 p.m. Uh, we post. I posted a video for friends only to try and get some of our creator friends' opinions on this one D&D playtest. Uh, D&D 404. He said he had some thoughts, but then was flabbergasted by uh, me giving all our friends a smooch. Wow. Oh. Uh, Papa Lycan said, I have so much to catch up on and figure out. Uh, Professor 1 D&D had a lot of thoughts, particularly about uh, the level 1 subclasses that we talked about previously, Uh, and he also did, as we mentioned previously, say he'd rather have Holy Orders progress at level 9 than pick an additional option. Uh, Dungeon Mistress Paula, on the other hand, said that she really digs subclass at 3rd level, And she's never really liked classes that pick at level one. Kind of sets you in a choice that could evolve through role-playing. Also, from Found Familiar Dice, Fuck, I just saw this and it's too dense to say anything other than I hate using the percentile die for discernible reason. (laughs) For no discernible reason and applying a percentage to vague spells like Augury is just annoying to me. Ha ha ha. (laughs) I will will back them up on that. Uh, The percentile dice needs some
1: use eventually probably <laughs> look I think it's also better if anybody if you have the option to roll a d100 as opposed to 2d10 so, yeah. Yeah.
0: so uh, at long last we've reached the end of the show where we take question, comments, concerns, thoughts and ideas from the audience uh, posted uh, to inquire what people's opinions were in the discord server but given the nature that our podcast changed last second and the fact that people are not particularly active in the discord which is a shame You should join the Discord and post more. It's free and open to everybody. It is free and open to everybody. Um, And it's been boosted a couple of times by uh, a server user, Scyther as well as one of our moderators, uh, Liz Wizen. Mm -hmm. So we got some cool things there. Added a bunch of emojis, custom emojis for the server, which is a good time. We just did a giveaway. We plan on doing more giveaways and more server interaction with one-shots and spell table magically gathering sessions as well. Uh, you can also find us on the Instagram that Sam runs where when we do our d and draft and don't skip it like we did this <laughs> week, you can vote on who has the better team there. Uh, you can also subscribe to us on YouTube where we've been posting a lot of Magic the Gathering shorts as of late, but we want to get probably going to want to make some more D&D videos oh, and shorts here. We got, some, here we got new, some
1: shorts in the in the works don't in worry. the near
0: future. Don't you worry. You, you can, can follow us. Eyebrows. Oh, yeah. You can follow us on the TikTok, where over 30,000 of you now follow us. Let's go. Which is awesome. Keep it up, guys. Thank you. And at long last, we reach the end of this live stream, where we will go to the comments section to read any questions, comments, concerns, thoughts, and or ideas from the audience. Alright. Uh, Game Lord Morton says, Greetings, fellow D&D players.
1: Greetings. Happy you're here. Yes, glad to have you. Brady C2124 asks, Should I sell my house or burn it down and collect insurance? He needs answers.
0: Mm. Uh Brady,
1: First you person? you got to really you got to really work it if you
0: want that insurance that's that's not just a it's yeah you've you've got to you got to set you got to pay someone to set up as the fall guy and then do everything in your collective power to ensure that they don't need to take the fall um and insurance companies are really stingy really really stingy. Uh, so they will find any reason not to give you your money yeah. um any reason whatsoever so you, it's going to be difficult to tamper with things, so like a gas leak probably wouldn't work very well.
1: And if you and if you like your things, for example, and you start moving them out of your house, that's going to look a little sus. Yeah, red flags. Uh, it, it's. That being said, we're not lawyers. Not lawyers at all. Don't take it. Or insurance agents. agents.
0: So burn it down.
1: Yeah, do what you want. Uh, Johannes van der Marlier asks, "What is the cat's name?" Her name is Jester,
0: named after the Campaign 2 cleric from Critical Role, Jester Lavore. And uh, she's a little right nasty piece of shit, but right now she looks really fucking cute. Uh, If you're curious, this is her cat bed. There is a uh, Easy Roller Dice Dice Tray in there. The reason the Easy Roller Dice Dice Tray is in there is because when I first got her and I got her this bed... Uh, She would not lay down in the bed. Instead, she would choose to lay in the dice tray, which used to be on this table, and then she would claw at it and is now covered in fur and has been ripped up quite a bit from her claws. So now we put the dice tray in the cat bed for the cat to sleep in the dice tray in the cat bed.
1: Uh, Humanized Panda, Humanized Dot Panda Mm -hmm. says, my kitty has the same bed. You Mm -hmm. should get them a dice tray. You should get them a dice tray. They apparently
0: really like that. (laughs) I think I think if we took the dice tray out, she would probably lay in the bed.
1: Oh, probably. It's, she's more comfortable now.
0: Yeah. She definitely, I, she's definitely a bigger fan of firm surfaces mm-hmm. for laying than uh, the plusher surfaces for laying. That firm is for sure. Firm and warm. Yes. So like firm my chair warm. when I stand up from work. Yes. Or my leg at night. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, xg 21 asks, do you like stranger things? I enjoy Stranger Things. I have watched all but the uh ultimate and penultimate episodes of the last season. Uh and I also play on a Kids on Bikes campaign which uh if you don't know is a role-playing system that uh promotes uh, uh playing a style of game such as Stranger Things or ET where you are normal people, kids in a pre-cell phone era America. I watched the first season, it was fine. All right uh Lord longqua says "Look oh look oh i'm finally here uh and he didn't get uh the alert when we went live. oh, fight
0: TikTok! What the fuck fight the clock app we're not classic say the clock classic app classic, classic Chinese clock app
1: man uh classic. yes file it as a bug um or join our discord
0: and uh okay. you can you uh, always it's... get the discord notification when we make the event on discord
1: if we're yeah if we are better at <laughs> at
0: doing this." We're here for you, bud. Yeah. Um,
1: Gucci Gang Potato says, I don't know how serious a question I should ask. What's the adorable cat's name? Jester. Jester. Other than reading books page to page and playing, how else can I pick up on D&D quicker as a newbie? Great question. Listen
0: to our podcast. Listen to our podcast. Um, Join our Discord server where there's many people that are willing to run first-time players. And... Uh, the, the live play stream and video on demand scene on the internet is Mm -hmm. vast. Uh, you can find games. Uh, I learned first about D and D from a game channel called node. They no longer do, uh, D and D games, but they do have a couple of short run campaigns. Each episode is about 20 to 40 minutes long and each campaign is about six to eight episodes. So a very low investment level of time. Uh, of course, there's Critical Role, which is massive. Which is massive. Uh, Dimension 20 is also very big. Their seasons and campaigns are much shorter, mm-hmm. so more digestible. Mm-hmm. Uh, two very different styles of games, and there's also a million other. Uh, any any of your major content creators that you like on TikTok or YouTube probably have a live play game of some kind as well.
1: Yep. Or uh, uh, there are plenty of um, other other styles of video, such as the. D&D shorts his Mm -hmm. style of video where it's here's some crazy things you can do and that whether if you want to do them or not you can
0: learn some mechanics. Yep. Um, Uh, There's great uh, series of tutorials. mm -hmm. Uh, One of them is I believe don't stop thinking. He does an animated series of how to play D&D that's been around since the beginning of fifth edition. It's how I learned to play as well.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, That's that I think that is actually mostly how we learned to play is watching back in the day was YouTube because yeah, uh, we're old. Um, YouTube's still relevant. (laughs) But yeah. now but now all the kids are on on the clock app.
0: Yes, yes they are. I mean, we're we are like old people.
1: We are. We are literally we're, on the clock the app. We're the geriatric clock app users that aren't even thirty yet. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So uh, <laughs> y- y- love just we love just even now sitting down and listening to and watching D and D content. Always a good time. Moonless night one two five zero says, cat. Yes, cat. Uh, oh, Gucci gang potato comes back and says. How many GP to buy that cat some treats?
0: Well, we've got I've got a little I've got a little pouch. Uh, she she doesn't like the hard the like hard food the crunchy. Treats. She doesn't like she's not as big a fan of the crunchy foods. So we do a lot of wet food in the diet, which you're supposed to do for cats. But I we do we do breakfast uh kibble and then dinner wet food, and then we have these uh, little chicken chicken paste tubes that she is fond of. But She's not like eating out of people's hands, so the chicken paste tube has to be squirted into a bowl for her to consume, which is a bit strange.
1: But if you want to buy
0: her one, uh, I mean, we really the, care about more likes. The clo- yeah, likes are always good, and uh, the clock app also likes. Uh, there, there's like you can do the diamonds thing. Yeah. Probably need to give like twenty thousand of those for a five dollar treat, but you know. (laughs) So we'll just go with you know likes, just like likes. Likes are fine. We like you too. We'll take likes.
1: All right. Um, Oh, and uh, they also say, can someone get the tiny mic for a? Can somebody get a
0: tiny mic for the cat? (laughs) I feel like they should be uh, a part of this. Listen, most of the time she is not uh, one to love to sit in the cat bed. We set up the cat bed for every single podcast for her. And it is like 20% of the time she'll join us. And it's usually right at the end when we're about to be done. And she just (laughs) wants to cause chaos. She's been adorable for like an hour. Surprising,
1: yes. Usually she is attacking the camera, attacking our feet, trying to knock over our
0: waters. She's just been. She's just a good little bean today.
1: Also, she has some really weird takes on uh, U.S. foreign policy that we don't really want her to yeah, give her a platform for. We
0: don't, and oh, uh, and not even to mention the the cat supremacy. Just, I mean, yeah. her opinions on dogs are not to be heard by but... by modern sensibilities yes. at all. Um, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> Yowie
1: comes in and says Jesus loves you. Y W O A I Y W Okay, okay. Says Jesus loves you and have a great rest of your week. Have a great rest of your week too. Yeah. Uh, TikTok came in and said some comments were filtered to protect
0: the community's experience. I don't know what that means. Ow. Oh. TikTok don't filter our comments. It's fine.
1: And then uh, Allie Sky says, "What's the cat called?" Jester. She is called Bean. the Bean. Her name is Jester. And what are you two talking about? Uh, well, tis, today we were talking about the unearthed arcana. Uh, arcana. I keep saying arcana. I know. It's
0: wrong. I mean, it's it's appropriate both either way. But we we're talking about
1: the unearthed arcana released today, uh, for the one D and D cleric class and revisions to um rules and character uh, character yes uh, yes Race race options Race ancestries. Yep. Yeah. So that's uh so that's all that we got here in the TikTok chats.
0: Well. Wow. That was a lot. Um we've got we've got some news items that aren't really on theme for today. So we'll save them for the next episode. Thankfully, uh, they're
1: pretty um they're not they're not uh uh news uh they're not going to go away.
0: Yeah, they're kind of evergreen.
1: That's the word I'm looking for.
0: Yeah. Um fuck all the news outlets that are tying uh Owners of pro-war social media platforms run by Russians to, quote, fans of Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, you're dickheads. I'll go on a rant on that later. Um, do you have anything else to say, Samuel? Uh, probably,
1: but no. It wasn't important enough to me think, for me to think about it right now.
0: Yep. Join the Discord. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us on TikTok if you don't already. Do that. Insane. Hit us up
1: on Instagram, ask us questions oh, yeah. for the podcast, and check out our free and paid for content
0: on Drive-Thru RPG. Oh my gosh, monthly free homebrew. Ideally, hopefully by the end of December, maybe, hopefully, we're going to put together a compendium of most all of our homebrew.
1: Yeah. That way, if you want to uh, get all of it in one click,
0: mm-hmm. you can. And uh, we want to, every year, either update it or release a new one that includes the previous one. So... For probably 4 dollars you'll be able to get all of our homebrew in one nice organized package.
1: That is the best way to monetarily support us if you want to just support us in general. Follow Please. us, Please. like us, do the YouTube, TikTok, Please.
0: and Instagram things. Yes. Subscribe on YouTube and watch our things and put it on a loop in the background to get our watch hours up. And don't fight with your
1: sister. Stop that. We know what's going on, and we're disappointed in you. But if she deserved it, one more time. That's not. know our sensibilities and make that change in the meantime